This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hello, my name is Adam Bell and today we've got a very special podcast about building effective relationships to accelerate the growth of your business, one not to miss for any small business owner. And in the studio with me today, I have Dennis and Iris Hall who are from the Business and Jobs Expo. Welcome, guys. Hey, good morning. Excellent. So we're we're living in very challenging business times at the moment. The the landscape has definitely changed over the last couple of years. So a lot of local businesses are doing it tough. Why do you you think that is? Look, I I think there's a number of reasons why not just local businesses, um, but every business is finding their environment has changed. Um, I mean, at the moment, of course, we, we're hearing a lot about inflation. We're hearing a lot about interest rates. Interest rates. Um, you know, that's certainly uh, starving the economy of oxygen uh, in that people are paying two and three and four times more for their mortgages than they were this time 18 months ago. That money's got to come from somewhere. So if, if they're channeling money into other areas, they can't keep spending it in the areas that they were. So I think, I think local business is usually the first to feel that. Um, and definitely the businesses that we speak to um, are, are definitely feeling it. Um. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's less dollars going around, so you've got to choose where to spend that and, and how to do it wisely and how to keep getting bang for your buck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Is, you talked about interest rates. Uh, you've talked about in, in inflation. Is COVID still a, a factor in the economy out there, do you think? Oh, look. Without a doubt, but not in the same way as it was when we were, you know, having to stay indoors and wear masks and all of that sort of thing. But it is definitely uh, and continues to impact the economy. Um, you know, supply chains have changed dramatically. Um, you know, talk to any business that relies on suppliers to be able to deliver a product or service and they'll tell you that they've had to uh, put in secondary suppliers as backup, that they can't get what they used to be able to get. They certainly can't get it at the prices they used to be able to get. Talk to any tradie about what's mm. happened with the price of materials. That's all directly related to the COVID environment. So it, it's, a, it's an after effect that we're feeling, uh, but it's there. Uh, just because we're now no longer having to keep one and a half metres apart from each other um, doesn't mean that COVID still isn't having, having an impact. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we've got to bear that in mind. Yep. I mean, it's it's really been an environment of a perfect storm, hasn't it, with those those three things, COVID and the after effects, the interest rates, um, and you've also got the, um, the the cost of living going going through the roof. How has small business had to adapt uh, look, I think small business is finally getting the message that they've got to work smarter, uh, not harder. It's not about working more hours in your business, um, but it is about determining what the critical factors are. Um, I refer to it as knowing your 20, right? Um, the, there's a famous principle in sales. My background is in sales and marketing called the Pareto Principle, which says and is pretty much spot on the mark that 20% of your customers give you 80% of your business. Now, as a local business, 20% of what you do gives you 80% of what your result is. The challenge is 
knowing what that 20% is. And for a lot of local businesses, they're only just discovering what that 20% is. Uh, Because in the past, they wanted to do everything. They felt they needed to do everything. But the the converse of that theory um, is that 80% of what you do gives you 20% of your result. So local business has to get out of doing that 80% and focusing on the 20% that really makes a difference. How do they go about finding what that 20% is? Uh, well, uh, great question, um, and uh, I'd love to give you a detailed answer, <laughs> but we'd go well beyond the scope of the podcast for that. But, um, look, it, it's about bringing in expertise. Um, so, again, it's about local business understanding that they can't know it all, but they do need to know where to go to be able to get support that will give them guidance on how to identify that 20 um, because often, you know, there's a, there's a famous saying, you can't see the wood for the trees. Um, when you're so close to something and, and a local business operator, their business is their passion. They're very close to it. And it's hard sometimes to see objectively what some of your strategic decisions need to look like um, because you are so emotionally engaged. And, Absolutely. And that's where an arm's length opinion, it, it can be somebody like a business accountant. I'm not talking bookkeepers. I'm talking proper accountants that um, look at the overall picture, not just the numbers. Um, it, it could be a business coach. Uh, it could be a mentor that has been there and done that. Uh, But they do need that third-party access uh, to be able to identify what are the critical things to work on because that is the secret to the success of any business, not just local ones. Look, couldn't agree more. You hear quite often, don't you, fresh eyes, outside eyes without the uh, the emotion involved and they can see things that that you can't. I I take the analogy of, of, of being a... A parent, and, and you can look and see what what your kids need that they can't. It it comes in all forms of life, doesn't it? You can from the outside in, you can see things that that people don't see from the inside. So, getting some outside help, whether that be from an accountant or a business coach or somebody else, is is vital for all businesses, isn't it? It is definitely excellent. So, you guys obviously run the the business and jobs expo, and we know throughout COVID it caused a a staffing shortage across almost all industries. So are businesses still struggling to, to find staff? Um, why do you think that is and and what can be done about it? Look, uh, yeah, uh, the short answer to the question is, yeah, staff is a challenge. Uh, and it's a challenge from a number of perspectives. Number one, COVID has changed staff's approach to work. Um, people uh, that were used to behaving in a certain manner, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, they've experienced a world where they didn't have to do that for a while um, and you know, government support was there to help them through that. And, uh, and even though that government support isn't there now, uh, in their minds, work is no longer the priority that it used to be. They've determined it's a means to an end, mm-hmm. not an end in itself. So that changes people's approach to work. People are looking for more flexibility they're looking for uh, more connection. Uh, They won't just do a job because it pays the bills. Um, They want to do a job that's got meaning, um, where they feel rewarded. And in a local business environment, that can be challenging. Um, And it can be challenging on two fronts. Uh, One, the opportunity for advancement in local business is more limited. So that changes that environment in terms of aspirations for career and all of that sort of thing. And also a local business owner's capacity to be able to deal with the demands of staff 
um, is limited. And again, that this is where local businesses need to explore and examine their approach to staff um, in the new environment. Absolutely. Well, another thing COVID's done for us, isn't it, is brought us, all of us, heavily into the digital age. It was there before, but now every business needs to be there like like no other time we've ever ever lived through. Is the impact of the, the digital age a consideration for, for those local small businesses who didn't have to worry about it before COVID? Look, that's a great question, Adam. And and <laughs> funnily enough, Iris and I were just speaking about that um, earlier yeah. this morning. And the short answer again is yes. Um, I think local businesses underplay the critical importance that the digital technologies that are in the world now, uh, play in the way relationships um, are, are established and built and sales are made and all of that sort of thing. It doesn't mean to, that you need to be selling online, but you do need to be visible. Um, you know, we mentioned before, and you mentioned with uh, with parenting, you know, uh, that arm's length looking from the outside in, you, you see things that uh, other people don't see necessarily. Um and it's the same thing with the impact of digital technologies. I, I think far too many people believe that whilst they accept digital technologies have had an impact, they don't recognise how much of an impact, even though they're exhibiting different behaviours themselves. Um, and Iris was talking to me about um, the way uh, women, for example, are making decisions about fashion purchases. And you were talking about... Yeah, there's a, a really great there. online, um, and I don't mind promoting businesses because that's what we do as, as part of you know, small business expos, but um, there's an online platform on Facebook called Let Me Try Before You Buy. And it's a woman who just began this during COVID to um, no body shaming, but just showing her her figure in different types of clothing. And for women that aren't used to shopping online, and I'm one of those, I dislike shopping intensely. So to have someone that is willing to try on clothes for me and to show me what works, what doesn't work, it makes me more likely to purchase that product because I think, hey, it looks great on her, similar figure, that'll look great on me. Um, And then other women post their photos as well. So there's been more and more of that. Whereas only a few years ago, when we, we moved to Germany and we had a few years over there and, and Dennis's business was very much online for that period of time, most people were looking for face-to-face, mm. whereas now it's flipped the other way. It, it's amazing, isn't it, the things that have come out online to, that mimic what usually used to be done face-to-face. There's, there's one of them, mm. being able to basically look at how clothes might look on you. The only way to do that was to try it on in, in, uh, That's right. in the old world now. And there's so many things like that. And I think you made an, an interesting point there, Dennis, that um, that uh, you don't need to be selling online necessarily, but you do have to have a presence. I mean, are businesses, let's say, that even aren't selling, can they create relationships with their customers or potential customers online without the need to sell? Oh, without a doubt. Look, uh, the best thing for lo- local business is to play to your strengths. Right? Unfortunately, most local businesses play to their weaknesses because they try and compete with the big boys. Um, you don't need to compete with the big boys because as a local business, you've got some significant advantages. Um, one is the ability to get to know your customer um, because you're in their community. You know, you're, you're a part of the local community or you, you should be. But, but here's the thing. 
a lot of local businesses that I speak to say, oh, well, you know, we don't need that sort of online presence because, you know, they can come visit us. We're just around the corner with this, with that, with the other. Um, but what they don't recognise, as Iris just pointed out, is that people's habits when it comes to researching what they need and where they're going to purchase um, have changed because the first port of call now is to see whether that business even has an online presence. And, and if they haven't, that's a cross, right? If they have, then the, the next decision is, does that online presence give me confidence? So does it look good? Um, which, unfortunately, far too many local businesses' online presence looks dilapidated. You know, it looks outdated. It, it doesn't tell the customer what they're looking for. Um, so those habits of what do I need and where am I going to buy it um, have changed, as has, is the company I'm looking at worthy of my trust? And, and they don't go to the company to find that out. They go to their friends. So that's where Facebook and Instagram come into, the, into play, where somebody will just put a post. Hey, I'm thinking of doing business with XYZ. Uh, what, what does everybody reckon? And all of a sudden they got 27 opinions, some mm. good, some not so good. So for local business to say digital isn't important because we don't sell online, they're missing the point. It's not about selling online. It's about what's your reputation. Where can people find you? Can they find you easily? And does what they find um, encourage them um, to want to do business with you? Sure. So any anybody that's in business that is looking for customers has to have an online presence. If, sure. if not, it's like tying one hand behind your back and saying, we're still going to be successful. Um, you can be, but it's bloody hard work. It's become very much a both and as opposed to either or. Okay, so I want to move on to boosting your relationship, building effectiveness, because very important for, for small businesses. And, you know, they worry about, we talked about competing with the big guys. How does a local business compete with the big guys on this front, on, on building effective relationships with their customers, whether that's online or in person? Look, first thing I'll mention here is that there is a perception that big business does a better job of building relationships than local business. Um, that's not true. You talk to anybody about a big business and the horror stories are legion. Um, big business is notoriously poor at building relationships. Um, so this is where um, local businesses that are switched on and understand what they're doing uh, have got a significant advantage because the advantage of being local is that you've got the opportunity to press the flesh, you've got the opportunity to eyeball to eyeball. Um, at the very least, you've got the opportunity to have a conversation on the phone. Yep. Um, Human connection. Definitely. And, and this is how you accelerate the building of relationships. We were speaking before, Adam, about digital. Does a local business need digital? Yes, they do. But it's not the be-all and end-all because it's got a lot of limitations. You know, just because you can send out 10,000 emails in five minutes doesn't mean you should. Just because you can have a social media presence doesn't mean that you need to stop talking to customers. Mm. Um, so just because it's there doesn't mean to say that you need to do all of the things that it's capable of doing. But you do need to incorporate it into your relationship building strategy. What digital is great at doing is establishing a degree of credibility and getting you into corners of your marketplace that you otherwise would struggle to get into. 
But that's really where it ends. Um, if you try and build relationships that progress to sales purely online, you're going to need a minimum of 15 contact points before somebody's ready to make a purchase. And, and that's a high-risk strategy because every time they go online, maybe to visit you, <laughs> they're also exposed to lots of others because Google and everybody else is firing, firing information at them. You know, you've only got to put a search term into your browser once and all of a sudden every ad on that browser is about that search term, right? Because they're using cookies and smart technology to identify what they believe your preferences to be. So temptation abounds online and without a really strong relationship, it's easy for a potential customer to get tempted to go to somebody else. So you can put in a lot of work and still end up losing out because the relationship is weak. On the other hand, when you've got a personal relationship, so you've met them, you've spoken with them, you, you, you've pressed the flesh, you've eyeballed, um, that relationship is a lot stronger. And, and that's actually demonstrated through the stats. Whilst you might need 15 or more contact points, you only need between seven and nine when you're dealing with somebody personal. Person. So that relationship becomes stronger. And of course, once a sale is made, the relationship is then locked in, provided you do all the right things following up from that. Um, so having a digital strategy to attract potential customers to your business is important. Having that digital presence that supports what you're about and actually speaks and resonates with your target customers is important. But having a strategy that gives you the opportunity to meet them is critical. So in retail, it's bricks and mortar business. You know, you've got to get them in the store um, to, to be able to really, you know, further that relationship and actually make a difference, get to know them. Um, but every business benefits by having a personal touch. Um, and, and that's why we're seeing the rise of things like pop-up shops. You know, there are online retailers now and just who are local businesses, but they've decided that there is a marketplace that's not being satisfied, that they mm. can satisfy online. But they will do these pop-up shops periodically. They go for a three weeks here or they appear there or, they, or, or um, lo and behold, they attend a business and jobs expo for a, a one-day opportunity to meet hundreds of people, you know, um, because it gives them the opportunity to translate that digital activity into physical activity. Um, and, and that's where the combination of a digital and a physical strategy becomes very, very important. Absolutely. And look, I think that's the perfect segue to head into talking about the, the business and, and jobs expo, especially for, a, a, you know, for businesses that are predominantly online. This is exactly what you're just talking about there, provides them with an opportunity to press the flesh, to, to meet uh, a lot of people all in one day around an expo. Tell me, tell me more about the expos. You've taken them on this year. We've had two already. One in uh, it was Morton, wasn't it, and Brisbane, and we have the the Gold Coast uh, Expo coming up. Tell me more. Yeah, I'm, and I, I've actually lost count as to how many of our um, exhibitors, I guess, that have asked for recommendations for for other businesses. So our 
the day event that we have, which Dennis will talk about in a moment, is more than just that one day event. We very much are building this community of businesses, not just small businesses, although that's very much our, our focus or has been very much our focus, but it's very much about, you know, if you're asking for someone, whether it's an accountant, whether it's someone because you've got a sore back and you need a massage, we have got so many contacts and that personal touch is just so important because it's more than just a name. It's actually a relationship that we have with people, which is just a really exciting part of being involved with that. But Dennis will talk to you more about the one-day event. Yeah, look, I mean, the expos have been going now. We're in our ninth year. This is our first year of operating them. Um, uh, so, you know, for the previous eight years, the expos have been running very, very successfully throughout southeast Queensland. Um, but they they were uh, created at a time when sales was the, the big thing. You know, everything is about making a sale. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sales is what drives revenue. Revenue is what supports business. So we're not against making sales. But as we've spoken about before, relationships is where the action really is. A sale is a result of a successful relationship. I love that. Um, so we're, we're, ta- we're taking it a, a back, back a step. Rather than focusing just on sales with the expos, we're focusing on, as Iris mentioned, uh, building communities. And communities aren't just between a business and customer, but they're also between businesses in the local area. Um, If we can build stronger local business communities, everybody benefits. The community benefits and the people living in that community benefit. Um, You know, it's always been a bugbear of mine um, that consumer behaviour is such that they're very quick. We're all very quick to spend our money with the big boys because they're everywhere. And, and, and you think about buying something, I can get that on Amazon, I can get that on eBay, I can go online. Easy trap to fall into because it's convenient. But the cost of that, um, whilst you might save money up front, the cost to your local community is quite substantial. Because let's face it, you're a parent, we're parents. One of the first things that we do as our kids are growing, you know, they, they get involved in sports, uh, and it might be footy, it might be cricket, it might be netball, it could be any number of things. But one of the first things we do is we go to our local businesses and we say, guys, can you help us? Mm. You know, we, 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 we're looking for sponsors. Yep. And local businesses want a sponsor. But these same parents that are asking for sponsorship are spending most of their money with Amazon and, you know, Maya and, you know, all of the big boys. Um, and there's not a lot left for the local businesses, so how can they sponsor? So if you want a local community that is a community, it's about spending more money with the local guys where you can. Not about you must, but where you can. And and look, in all honesty, if every single one of us around the country spent $10 a week more locally than we're currently doing, happy days. Every local business would be doing well. Um, every community would be stronger. And this is what we want to achieve with the expos. We, we want to make people more aware of the importance of that community. We want to give businesses the opportunity to engage with their community. But we also want businesses to engage with other businesses in their community. Because those networks, we start referring business to each other. And we're helping each other. You know, we mentioned uh, mentorship before. How do people get to understand what their 20 is. Well, if you get to know other businesses that have been there and done that, it, it's a great way to have a conversation with expertise that would otherwise cost you a fortune from people that have actually been through what you're going through. 
Something that people don't know is that small businesses contribute to over $400 million of revenue to the federal budget, and that's in jobs, in infrastructure, and obviously just in, in goods and services alone. So if we were to stop or reduce the amount of local businesses that we use, then we impact that. We impact that from a jobs perspective as far as infrastructure that happens and communities start to die. So we just think it's so important to continue to to promote that as much as possible and say, go local. Absolutely, because if you start spending that with a lot of the big guys, that's going overseas, isn't mm. it? Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, I'd, I'd love to hear just to, to, to finish off where to next with the, the Business and Jobs Expo. I know you've got a bigger plan. We've talked about building this community and I believe there's some expansion plans in the works as well. Yeah, look, definitely. When Iris and I took over the expos at the beginning of this year, um, we did so with a three-year plan in mind. So the first 12 months, which we're coming towards the end of now, but believe it or not, um, it, it was about consolidation, getting to understand the business, getting to understand the community as it was then. Um, and, and, and that's been working very well for us. But the next two years, we'll see some substantial growth. Um, we have spoken about building communities and that is our, that's our purpose to build communities. We've identified that as being core to our operation. Um, and we're going to do that in a number of ways. Firstly, we're going to expand the number of expos that we're doing physically. Um, so we'll go from three this year to five or six next year. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And uh, possibly up to 10 wow. by the end of 2025. Um, we are launching a virtual expo platform uh, towards the end of this year, uh, which we will um, uh, periodically run uh, throughout the year because at the end of the day, uh, running an expo on the Gold Coast is great. It's a great pop-up shop, but it's a one-day event. And, and it's not going to uh, make the substantial difference that you need to run a business 365 days of the year. So the virtual expo will be there to provide some top-up opportunities that everybody throughout Southeast Queensland can participate in, right? So um, that, that we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we're also um, going to be introducing a local business directory, which will be specifically geographically uh, targeted to areas like the Gold Coast, to like Ipswich, Springfield, to, um, to Redlands, to Brisbane, to Morton, to Sunshine Coast, to Toowoomba, etc., um, as, as a mechanism for locals to say, well, if we're going to support locally, what's available in our area? So we, that, that will happen in the first quarter of, of, of next year. And we're developing a platform at the moment which will provide businesses with access to resources and expertise. We spoke before about how does a business identify its 20. That's just one of the things that they'll be able to go to the site and go, how do I do this? Or where can I find that resource? Or So it will actually be a closed community. It will only be available to those that are a part of uh, our vision, um, which most local businesses we talk to um, are very much on board and get very excited about the community plans that we've got. And uh, Iris can speak to the people that she's spoken to. That, um, yeah, really, it's that. based on feedback that we've received from exhibitors. And, and obviously, there's something we're doing right, because we have them join up for one ex one ex expo, and then they join up for the next one and the next one. So on average, at our expos, and you know, we're still developing that platform as well, and we're changing and evolving that. But we've the overriding feedback we've had is the quality of the connections that they make, the, the networking, 
the the leads that they have, they're quality ones, not just I've got a lead, but it's yep. a quality lead. And that they're making, you know, in excess of from a one-day event for $10,000. Now, for a small business, that's significant. Huge. Because their investment in that one day is minimal. Mm. But the outcome of that, and then that's only the one day. We then offer that platform that can offer them more outside of that that one day so that they, that they can see there's even more benefit. Because we're a small business too. So we, we know what small business owners go through. Fantastic. Dennis, Iris Hall, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been really insightful. Some great information there for small businesses. Please tell us we've got the Gold Coast Expo uh, Business and Jobs Expo coming up. Where and when? Yeah, you can see that at the Intercontinental Hotel at Sanctuary Cove on the 21st of September. We open at 10 o'clock. We'd love to see you there. Yep, everybody get down there. Still time to get a stand if uh, you want one. But if yep. you're as a visitor, come along. So many great businesses to see and uh, you'll see everything that we've talked about in action there. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for your time, Adam. Adam.